Welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Doghouse. I am Stacy Bell with Focused Fun in the US and with me is... Hello, I'm Miss Jones. I'm in Australia and I'm from Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded. And I'm Sarah McLaren from Separation Anxiety Solutions in the UK. And today we have a super, super special guest who is a previous client of mine, the lovely Catherine and her mini schnauzer, Kane. So Catherine, would you like to say hello to our listeners? Oh, by the way, just let me say that I am having troubles with my microphone. It wouldn't um, connect to Zoom. So if I do grey out, I, please, I apologise profusely and um, hopefully you'll put up with me. So Catherine, do you want to um, tell us a little bit about you and Kane? Yep, so I'm Catherine and my miniature snails is Kane. He's just over three years old. Um, I started training with Sarah December last year. Um, yep. Because Kane has training uh, separation anxiety quite badly. Um, and I was kind of at the end of my tether, didn't know what to do. And she was recommended by my trainer um and i worked with sarah and she's got us to got me to being able to leave him on his own nice. for over an hour catherine's <laughs> catherine's been shopping haven't you i have <laughs> i can finally get out and shop without worrying. is that your favorite thing to do with your um newfound freedom it's just nice to go out but now I think I've got separation anxiety <laughs> that is so common <laughs> all at once I've gone out all I want to do is come back and see him again and make sure he's all right you won't be the first one for that so when um when did you realize Catherine that he had separation anxiety and, and that you actually wanted to work with a trainer rather than try and do it on your own probably after about a year of having him yeah. But I never I never really knew how to go about it. Um, and so I just mm-hmm. never, ever went out anywhere or got him to stay with somebody while I went out to, to, if I needed to go out at, at any time. Um, and then when I started training with uh, Nosy Barker, Kim, mm-hmm. the one, the lady in charge, she recommended Sarah because I was at the end of my tether, I just didn't know, I didn't think that I could cope with another 10 years of not being able to go out anywhere. Um, and mm. she recommended Sarah, so I contacted Sarah straight away. What was he doing when you went out before you contacted Sarah? So I've always had a camera with it indoors so that I could see, because he sleeps downstairs and I sleep upstairs, so I've always had a camera to see what he was doing. Um, and then when I would go out, I'd kind of just check to see if he was okay. And he was howling the house down. He would howl and howl and howl. I would leave him Kongs, bones, toys, 
you name it, I tried leaving him in the crate. I tried leaving him with the run of the house and he just wouldn't settle. Um, and then as soon as I got back in, he'd eat everything in sight that I'd left him. <laughs> so I knew there was a problem. How did it affect your life then? So you couldn't go out, but I mean, how did it impact you? So I literally stopped going out at all because I, I didn't want to, because he was my dog, I figured that I should be able to leave him rather than rely on other people to look after him. Um, but I mean, my family are close by and they're, they're really good. So they would always have him if I needed to go out anywhere. Um, but yeah, I just kind of stopped going anywhere. You're lucky you mm. had the support of your family. Um, yeah. 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 Because it is hard to find cover for your dog when you're, when you're not home. Um, but emotionally, how did it impact you? Like, you know, in your, in yourself? Um, I was probably quite anxious if I had to leave him because it, it was just horrible listening to him and, and seeing how he was, it was kind of broke your heart really. Yeah. So yeah. I just kind of end, ended up just staying indoors and watching Netflix. <laughs> Gosh, that sounds good. <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't a lockdown baby either, was he? I mean, you had no, him no. before we were all made to stay at home. So you had, yeah. you know, it must have been difficult beforehand. I'm sorry, Stacey, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to ask if it impacted your um, relationships with friends or family, um, not being able to go out, or did, did people seem to be pretty understanding? Yeah, the, I mean, the friends I've got were pretty understanding. Um, and I'd say, oh, I have to make sure I can get someone to look after Kane. And like, just leave him on his own. But some people you get, oh, it's just a dog, just leave him. <laughs> but it's yeah. not. It's not the case. You can't just leave them. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, I think it's really difficult to understand unless you've had a dog with separation anxiety. You know, um, how how people can say it's just a dog, but then when you see, well, for many of us, it's not just a dog in the first place. And secondly, um, you know, watching something suffer, you know. Yeah, it's, it's not nice suffer. at all. But no. then if I didn't have the camera, I would never know that he had it. Right, right. No. Yeah. And I think that's quite common as well, isn't it, that people have dogs with separation anxiety and because they can't see them, they've no idea, especially no. if they're not vocalising enough that the neighbours complain. Right. Then, then quite often it can, it can go unrecognised for quite a while, can't it? Mm. So, Catherine, yeah, you... You tried a you tried a number of things. Like you said, you left food for him. You tried a crate. Um, what else did you try? I tried just leaving him with the run of the house to see if he was any better. But he would he would just literally howl at the window and be looking out the window until I came back. So I kind of tried what I thought might work, but it, it just didn't work. What about, um, I mean, did you add in, like, try to give him more exercise or, you know, those sort of things, like more mental stimulation? Was there, was it just a point where you just said, no, this is, or well, there must so be a point? Yeah, he'd always had a dog walker. He used to go, where I was working, he would go out every day with a dog walker um, and my neighbour would um, look after him during the day. So I was lucky there. She had dogs. So he was always busy 
doing something. Um, and then when I started with Sarah, we just stopped everything. And I went to the vets and he got, um, we managed to get him on fluoroxetine. Um, but stopping everything made him so much calmer. All and right. I now re I now realise that him going out with the dog mm. every day with four other dogs, three or four other dogs, wasn't for him. Mm. So he would be constantly anxious. Um, but it, but now he's just so much calmer, and I'm yeah. gradually introducing more stuff in. Now he goes on two solo yeah. walks a week with the dog walker, different dog walker. Um, he absolutely loves her. And she said he's he's just so much he's so good when they're out. So he's a he's like a completely different dog. And I notice at home with him now, he'll he'll sit on the sofa and I'll work upstairs and he's okay being by himself. Yeah. It's it's really interesting that you say that when he was previously going out with a dog walker that it affected him so badly and you know it made him it just wasn't for him and it's impacted his training he just hated it yeah I, I, right. didn't, I didn't realize I just thought that oh yeah he's having fun there's loads of other dogs mm -hmm. he's being sociable but when I've gone and and when I go out now and he sees other dogs he'll say hello and then he'll come away he's, he's had enough I was going to say about um Kane uh and the fact that with the separation anxiety it was um he was also on the slightly anxious side with everything else in life, wasn't he? Not just with separation anxiety. Yeah, everything. But he everything. Also had, yeah, yeah, everything he was, he was out reactive out on walks. And, yeah. He would bark yeah. at people, dogs, everything. Cars, umbrellas, sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's, now I can walk him and, and not worry. But I think I've had a lot of training as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's helped me no end he 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 goes on a walk with me every other saturday with another trainer and i get trained because okay. he he wouldn't go on his own with the trainer he just shut down yeah. Oh, go yeah so when did you start it sounds like you started the fluoxetine pretty early in your um working with sarah how long did it take you to see some positive effects on um, Kane's behavior? Um, probably, I'd say maybe after a couple of weeks, because I stopped everything. I stopped the dog walker. I stopped mm. him going around to my neighbors. So it was, it was just me and him. And I started the fluoroxetine more or less as soon as I started training with Sarah. So it, it all kind yeah, of coincided quite well. It was very quick, wasn't it? I mean, when we when we spoke, I, I asked you to go to the vets and, and Catherine went to the vets and the vet was extremely amenable and put him straight on medication. And it just kind of meant that the, the training plan went so much more smoothly. I usually see more stable results in like, four weeks so it's interesting that you saw them so quickly um yeah. and awesome um but probably had a lot to do with some of the um stopping things, things. trigger yeah stopping yeah things i think so I, I definitely think well. that helped stopping it all together yeah yeah, yeah. 
But every dog's different. So, I mean, some dogs thrive on, you know, going out and doing all that stuff. But if he's got underlying anxiety, then yeah. it was probably impacting everything you were doing at home when you were trying to leave him or train him as well. Um, so when, when, you, when you were advised to reach out to Sarah, I mean, you had a in-person dog trainer, but they didn't specialise in separation anxiety. No, so no. with Sarah, you're working with her remotely, are you? So it's not, yeah, she's so not, it's, yeah. So we would meet by Zoom. Okay, we yeah. First, we first met via Zoom um, and then she was freely available on WhatsApp. We check yeah. in every every couple of weeks, I think, and I'd Great. get a new tra- I'd get a new training plan every day. So it was yeah, it was good. It, it was is good. good, and that's how um, we all work with our clients. We we do it remotely because um, there's no point us coming to your house because it's just another person walking out the door and leaving their dog alone. Yeah. So it just complicates yeah. things. So when you first um, learned about Sarah and the format of training being online and that sort of thing, how did you feel about that? It was it was kind not a last resort, but it was the the last thing that I I think that I felt that I could do to help mm-hmm. him, and I just thought I've I've just got to stick with this and just go with it. I can't this can't fail. I need to make this work, otherwise we're we're just not going to get anywhere. Right. Um, and I used to I used to look back on my sheets that Sarah gave me. Um, <laughs> And the first, the first step where you step outside the door for three seconds and come back in, and it, it's just so weird looking back because I was up to an hour and I'd be like, I never thought I'd get this far. Three right. seconds yeah. was like massive. Right. It's like so, all those little tiny steps um, add up over time. Yeah. Did, and the door, did, the door um, is a bore bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought he'd get that because he, he just used to follow me everywhere. Um, oh right so he he picked he picked that up really quickly good good yeah he he just seemed to take to it quite well during your training did Kane experience a lot of variability or you know like ups and downs in training or was he pretty much acing most of his sessions he, he pretty much aced every session. Mm-hmm. I was what I was because Sarah pre warned me about having setbacks, so I was always right. waiting for a setback. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I don't think he had any, did he, Sarah? Not really. I think the only time we had any kind of like ups and downs were when we started putting the pre departure cues back in again. So when we started with the keys and the car and things like that, he had the odd, the odd one. And there was the one, wasn't there, when he was um, stood on the table in the kitchen that threw us a little bit. I think that's the video I sent you, Stacey, if you remember. Yes. Where he was just stood, <laughs> stood on the table doing nothing. So how did you find the actual process itself, Catherine, you know, being on, on the Zooms and, and all that kind of thing rather than being visited in person? I loved it. Because there, was, no re- there wasn't any reason for you to come in because you wouldn't have been able to see what he did when I left if you'd been here so it no. worked really well yeah it it wasn't a, a hindrance I don't think by you not coming here because I could show you I showed you all around the house so you could see mm-hmm. where everything was um and it was it was nice just having you on the end of a phone all the time <laughs> if I needed you <laughs> 
Yeah, I think we um, we we for the for the viewers or uh, viewers for the listeners, we um, communicate through WhatsApp messages, and basically Catherine had the ability to to send me a message anytime during my working day, um, which you too bad. We I don't think you didn't send me like lots and lots of messages. There were lots of little messages that uh. went, "Oh my God, I can't believe he's just done another one." <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best messages to get, though. Yeah. Yeah. And the the cat. Tell us about the cat, Catherine. The cat. Oh, the cat. Oh, she. She um. She used to come in and interrupt the training. I had to make sure she was settled, otherwise he wouldn't settle. Before Uh I went out, so it's kind of doing them both at the same time. (laughs) Although she hasn't got separation anxiety. Yeah. So, um, Catherine, can I just ask you, you said a bit earlier, you said when you were on three seconds, you said, I couldn't believe we got that far. So three seconds was a huge milestone for you. Is, oh, was that what massive. you were saying? Wow. Absolutely massive. And now look at because you. Because I was actually outside the door and he was still on the sofa. So was he one of these dogs that um, you could, kind of couldn't walk to the door without him freaking out? So as soon as he thought you were leaving... He was as, as soon as I got up off the sofa, he would be up, as it as if to say, right, where where are we going now? And I could mm. just get up and go into the kitchen and come back, and he would follow me, and then come back up and lay down again. So he he wasn't relaxed at all, right? Which didn't but if he thought you either. were leaving, if you thought you were you were leaving him, was he like more not thinking I'm coming with you, but maybe thinking you're going to leave me? I very rarely left him. Okay, yes. Yeah, so he I, didn't have that I opportunity. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't want him to go through the, the howling and the crying. So if if I left, it would be with him. Mm. And then he'd either go with me, or he'd go to to someone that was would look after him while I was doing what I needed to do. Yeah. So uh, are you still training now? on your own i am um i haven't i haven't done it for a while but i am um and i'm i'm just going to get stuck back in again it's it's more i think it's more difficult to do in the summer don't ask me why but i think it is i think where i've got more to do and it's lighter i tend to think in the winter at seven o'clock i'd be training straight away Mm. so i'd be up and out doing doing the bits outside and coming back in but now I've got silly things to do like water the garden and stuff like that and I think where it's light it's more difficult for him to settle so I'm going to start I'm going to start doing it again I'll start small and then work back up again yeah I mean dogs do dif- can do differently at different times of day but I mean Sarah's always at the end of the phone if you need or you know if you need extra help I'm sure she'll be make herself available (laughs) and I think that's one of one of the advantages of working with a trainer is that they kind of hold you accountable right so if yes I see that you haven't trained you know if we see that you haven't trained in a couple days we'll give you a little bit of a poke and you know see what's going on and and you know, what are the obstacles and how can we help you find a way around them kind of thing. Um, That's so true. I've reached out to an older, 
an old client of mine just to say, oh, where are you now? And they've gone from, I left them, the program they were on finished and they were on like two hours. And then mm-hmm. I messaged them and said, oh, how are you going? You know, where are you at now? And they're at three hours, 45, which, wow. which is, is amazing. Kevin, Kevin yeah. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's the dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. But that's but she, all I know. <laughs> yeah, but she said, um, she said, yeah, since they're not working with me, they're, there's no one holding them accountable. So mm-hmm. they're not doing the training as much as they should be. They're still going up and they're still doing it. But, yeah, it's not as um, fluid, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Catherine, what are some of the, I guess you hadn't been trying to do it alone, so your answer might vary a little bit, but what do you feel like were the, the main advantages to working with Sarah? It was the discipline, I think the discipline of doing it. Mm-hmm. If I was working on my own, I'd probably think, oh, actually, I don't really want to do it tonight. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. do it tomorrow. But I, I just want, not, not I didn't want to get in trouble because <laughs> it's, 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 it's down to me to do it, but I want, I wanted it to work. So, right, of course. I imagine Sarah was a huge, um, support for you too like emotionally and yeah and just just her you know she would have been your cheer squad and encouraging you and all that sort of stuff and the little certificates I used to get (laughs) (laughs) saying that we'd done 15 minutes and an hour and yeah yeah, just it just gives you a boost to speak to somebody that knows exactly what you're going through Mm -hmm. and is able to help Mm -hmm. you and you were you were a fantastic client, Catherine. I mean, you know, the, Catherine would train every day I asked her to. I don't think you ever did. You take any days off apart from the ones I asked you to take I think off? There, I don't might think... have, I, there may have been an odd one, but then I'd make up on the Maybe day. <clears throat> I'd make up on a day that you said would I would normally add of a rest day. I was, was out laying on the step in a coat, hat, in, and gloves in the pool. In minus, was it minus seven one night? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, mean, I needed to do it. I needed to do it. Wow. And you reckon <laughs> it's harder to train in summer? <laughs> yeah, I really, I really think it is harder to train in the summer. Well, Catherine, how about you train while you water the garden? Can you do that? Like, or, or will he see you? No, no, he'd see, he'd see me. But to be fair. He does stay indoors when oh, I'm out watering the garden. So, mm-hmm. and I can put the bins out in the morning and go outside the door during the day. He, he doesn't follow me all the time. So I guess it's some sort of training, but I need to start doing a bit more duration, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so I just want to touch on something you said earlier too. You said um, he's not, so, so previously before you did the training with Sarah, you are, uh, he was following you everywhere and wanted to be by your side. But now yeah. you're saying he's less Velcro. He's like a little bit less needy or clingy. Yeah, he'll, yeah he's, he's definitely a bit less clingy. He'll, he'll sit in the living room while I'm in the kitchen now and he'll be completely relaxed. Whereas before he would be by my side waiting to see what I was going to do next or where I was going to go next. And I can go upstairs now and he'll stay downstairs. Mm. So, 
That's really huge because for some dogs, that type of like hypervigilance about where you are can really disrupt their sleep cycles and then not getting good sleep can affect how they can cope with the world. So it becomes kind of a circular thing. So that's, that's a really big thing. Yeah, he, def he definitely sleeps a lot better now. Mm. While, I, while I'm working from home during the day, he sleeps on my desk, which is, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> but he's very often in a deep sleep and twitching and snoring. So I know he's getting decent sleep. Nice. And he was, it was one of these, it was one of these that moves as well. So initially he would spend a fair amount of time on the sofa um, and then every now and then he'd get up and wander around and come and stand near the door didn't he all, all like the time when he got on the kitchen table to just yeah. stand there and watch um, and there were a couple of occasions where we weren't entirely sure if this was leading into anxiety but he just liked to just stand in the hallway and he'd just stand there for a bit and then he'd wander off back to the sofa again so it was it was very interesting to watch yeah, he's, he's funny to watch. It's, it's like when he goes in the garden, he just sort of looks around everywhere and then he'll be like, yeah, okay. And he'll come back indoors. <laughs> I've seen it now. <laughs> but he's very, he's very nosy. It can be quite embarrassing out walking where he just stops and stares at somebody or wants to get into their car. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. But before... before the separation anxiety training he would just bark at everybody mm. so you think it's flown kind of flow flowed <laughs> through other aspects of his life so he's more comfortable home alone and it's given him the confidence when he's out and about yeah he's, he's much less barky and he'll actually approach people now to be stroked whereas before he couldn't stand anybody coming near him he's a lot braver I think in some ways lockdown's done him a lot of favours, hasn't it? The fact that you could work from home yeah. and that you could give him that break from the neighbours and he started the medication, he started the separation anxiety training, he started training with the other trainer and he's had like a whole kind of like, you know, a holistic few months, which has really changed his life yeah, so much. Yeah, for definitely. Life as well. Definitely. It's probably the only good thing that's come out of lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> So Catherine, kind of thinking back to where you were mentally um, before you started with Sarah and where you are now mentally, um, can you talk to us about the difference there? Yeah, I'm a lot less, less anxious when I take him out now mm -hmm. and a lot happier knowing it's, it's just a relief that I know he's a happier dog now. Right, and he, right. He, he he can do things for it on his on his own rather than relying on me. Mm -hmm. Is he so still sleeping in the crate? Yeah, he's fine in the crate. I just yeah. say to him, "Come on, it's bedtime," and he'll get off the sofa and pop in his crate, gets his little bedtime biscuit, and that's it. He's there until I come down in the morning. Yeah. Because we, I mean, we, that was one of the things that we spoke about a fair bit, wasn't it, at the beginning about the crate or not to create, but he, he continued to be happy in the crate on a night at bedtime. So we never changed it, did we? No. He, he yeah. If I didn't put him in there, he would be up on the bed um, and I would 
not get any sleep because he kicks and, <laughs> <laughs> and I would end up getting up and going in the spare room probably um but yeah he's he it's his safe place I suppose he's great and he and he knows yeah. that he's all he's done that since a pup been in his crate so yeah he's, he likes it in there yeah but he's he's loose in the house when you leave him is that right just yeah. to clarify yeah 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 because some dogs can be oh many dogs actually are fine as you say during the night or you know while you're home but as soon as you leave them and shut that crate door they freak out yeah which, mm. which is why obviously the training goes better when he's not in the crate than when he is but he, and he's never been a biter or a chewer of stuff when he gets bored so he would he would just howl he wouldn't try mm. and just be destructive so how did you feel when when we um when we started the training obviously you were saying you got to three seconds and you were like yeah how did you feel once we got to that first minute oh it's unreal yeah i, I can't can't really describe it because no you'd say to somebody oh my god i've been outside for a minute and they're like yeah and <laughs> it's such a it's such a huge thing where you've never been able to go out and leave him it's it's just a massive achievement for him I would come back in the door and he would just stay on the sofa and just look at me as like yeah okay you're back now mm. <laughs> did, did never very rarely would he run to the door and jump up and be so excited to see me it was it was just a okay we're doing that again and he's um he's a very excited greeter, isn't he? I mean, you sent me a video yeah. of uh, was it your mum your mum coming round and um yeah. just how excited he was to see everybody. So he's definitely one of those that kind of like gets really like when someone comes to visit. Him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the fact that he was so chilled when you came back in was is quite a big thing for him, I think. Yeah, I think so. Unless I just worn him out during the day, and he was like, "Oh, I'm too tired to get up." <laughs> <laughs> So when, um, I mean, we worked together for, it was 12 weeks, wasn't it, in total? Yeah. So yeah. We, did, we did the eight, we did the eight. So Catherine started with me on a on an eight-week package. And then we went from there on to a, a four-week kind of lighter package, so to speak, where um, we we still spoke to each other on, on the WhatsApp, but we only had one Zoom call, I think, in that time. Um, but we... We did get to the point where we started putting the pre-departure cues back in again, didn't we? Because at one point, you've got two doors. So Catherine's got an interior door and then a small, what do you call it, a porch? Yeah. And then the exterior door. So we had to get through one door and then out of the exterior door. And, of course, because we didn't want to put the locks in, that meant that Catherine had to hold the door shut for a while, <laughs> which was interesting <laughs> in cold and windy weather. <laughs> That's when my finger used to be through the letterbox, just holding the door shut. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, because it was the double door, the in in interior door was shut, so it did mean that he, he couldn't see her. But when we put the... We got to about 25 minutes, didn't we, before we started putting the lock locking of the door back in? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's when things really started to change for you, wasn't it, at that point, when we started doing that? Yeah, once I could shut the door and then I could kind of just have a wander up the road rather than, because I didn't, I never knew if he could just smell me outside. Mm -hmm. So he knew I was still there. 
And then when I the first time I got in the car and and got off the drive, I was like, oh my goodness, uh-huh. it was amazing. And he didn't he didn't he, even he, move, did he? No, he didn't. He couldn't hear the he couldn't. It was as if he couldn't hear the the car unlock because we tried doing that indoors, didn't we, as a departure cue, and it never he yeah, never seemed did, to worry did, about um, it. No. But I think, I mean, when we, so initially we put the, the door locking back in at around 25 minutes and we did two separate scenarios. So Catherine would still do her duration training, but then she'd also do a separate scenario where we worked on the door locking. So we worked on that on its own. And then eventually we linked them both together. So we were still at around 25, 35 minute durations. And once we'd got the door locking and he wasn't reacting to it, he wasn't taking any notice. Then we started working on the car. So initially what we had Catherine doing was unlocking and locking the car from the kitchen through the window just to see if he would react to the sound of the car unlocking. But he never even moved. I think by the time we got round to that, I think his duration was at a point where the pre-departure cues didn't mean anything anymore. Right. So with the car... When we did that, we we you know we did the locking from inside, we did the locking from outside. She did the getting in and out, starting the engine, everything. He just went all the way through it, didn't he? Without even batting an eyelid. Nice. No, because you you used to put about closing the door quietly. Well, I used to slam it <laughs> <laughs> to try to just to see if he if he would notice it, but he ne- he never did, he never did. I always left the television on. But he's always got, yeah. even when he goes in his crate at night, he's got he's got the radio on. So I guess mm-hmm. maybe if it was completely quiet, it might be different. But he's not used to it being completely quiet. So now Catherine yeah, was always convinced that he couldn't he couldn't hear her. But I just keep saying to her, I assure you he can. <laughs> Honestly, he can hear you. <laughs> he just didn't care that I was going out and leaving him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. So now, now you've now you've been through the process. What what would you uh, recommend to other people going through this? To come and see you. <laughs> <laughs> or Stacey in America, or Ness in well, Australia. Yes, yes, exactly. And anyone that trains like you to come and see you. No, it's it's definitely worth doing. If if it makes you anxious and the dogs got real bad separation anxiety. It's, it's worth doing. It just just gives you a little bit of extra in your life that you can, you know that you can go out and not have to worry. Yeah, I think that's a, a big one. I think a lot of owners feel guilty because when they do go out, you know, they know their dog's in a panic. And, and often um, some of them feel resentful of their dog and they, they don't want to feel like that. Like that. They, they feel bad for feeling resentful, but they're like, I don't have a life because I'm a prisoner. If they can do what you did and reach out to a specialist like us um, and, you know, train remotely um, and, you know, to be able to get your dog up to an hour where you can you consistently and know, oh, sorry, you <laughs> let me rephrase that, you comfortably know they are consistent with that time, then you can actually get your life back and, yeah, and know. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's getting somebody that's properly qualified as well, I think. Because a lot, a yeah. lot of trainers will will do it, but not as intense, and that they won't have as much knowledge as as you yeah. you do. So, 
And it's true that the techniques have changed. Um, a lot of trainers don't have the same um, knowledge and education as what we do. Because that, that, that touching base on a daily basis, I think, makes all the difference, doesn't it? It's not, you're not left on yeah, your own for a week in between difference. sessions. Yeah, I mean, and you don't have to make your own decisions, yeah. Um, we make them for you, so it takes the guesswork out of it. And the, advi and the advice I got as well for, for all things, not just separation anxiety related, but Sarah would answer all my questions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I, cha I changed his food as well, didn't I? Yes. I changed him onto a raw diet as well. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So that that could have also helped because he was never he was never yeah. that not that he's food orientated, but he never really enjoyed his food. But now he loves it. It's not just that. Yeah, so but, but we we are going to do an episode on the gut brain connection. But if, for whether he wed humans or dogs. You know how what's going on in our gut can affect how we feel mentally and our anxiety levels. Yeah. So it that could be a really good link. Um, sounds like it's worked. Helped. He really struggled on the medication, didn't he? Initially, um, yeah. and he was struggling to eat, and it was a case of trying lots of different things, and but then again, not trying things that would upset his tummy. Um, so I think there was a few things that you tried, weren't there? And that was the one that that he liked the most, and was like, yeah, all right, then I can, I can cope with that. Um, I think it's the longest he's been on the same food. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from my home cooking. <laughs> Can't blame him for that one. I like a bit of home cooking myself. Well, yeah. <laughs> not not ideal for him, though. But we, I mean, I think we we covered quite a lot of things, didn't we, over the over the general course of the training? Because of course, separation anxiety touches on so many different aspects of your life, so. You know, it's, it, and, and of course, making sure that not just him getting anxious, but making sure that you didn't get too anxious about things and letting you know that the side effects that he did get were perfectly normal and that, you know, that he would yeah. get over things. And we, the, the vet helped with changing the meds a little bit until he got used to them and then increasing the dosage again, which at that point he, he kind of like just settled straight into it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was lucky with the vet I saw. She didn't have any qualms about putting him putting him on something, so I was lucky there. Well, yeah. I think I mean I think that's huge. If you can find a vet who is familiar with behavior cases and behavior medication, um, that makes a huge difference because there are so many different specialties in in the vet field that uh, yeah. if you find one that that specializes in behavior stuff, I think that. That's a really good person to have on your team. And another thing, of course, is that Catherine doesn't actually live anywhere near me. Mm. Yes. Which was, you know, if we'd have been down the old traditional route, I would, we would never have worked together because she would have been too far away. Mm. Yeah, I don't right. think we're that far, but it's it wouldn't have. We would, yeah, we definitely wouldn't have crossed paths. Yeah. I suppose the fact that you could work remotely with each other. Um, is is really important and still get the results is yeah, yeah. and I, I think um yeah i don't know if many people understand that that we don't work like at your house we work remotely because it's better that way anyway it works better yeah i yeah. don't think it would i don't think it would work if if you came to visit me no because you would no. you wouldn't see how he 
behaved and reacted when I wasn't here. Right, mm. right. Definitely skewed the training. Even with my local clients that live in the same city with me, I, I still, you know, set it up the same way as with people who are across the United States from me. So that's been another episode of Tales from the Doghouse, Separation Anxiety Explained. And I'd like to say a big, huge thank you to our special guest this evening, Catherine, who with her dog, Kane, was a client of mine for around 12 weeks. So thank you, Catherine, for joining us. You're very welcome. Yes, thank you so much. It's been been lovely. It's been great listening to you and hearing about your journey. Uh, we hope our listeners um, get some great information from that and if you do want to do some separation anxiety training then you can always come and work with myself or Stacey or Ness uh, we'd be more than happy to help you uh, you've been listening to Sarah McLaren from Separation Anxiety Solutions in the UK and with me has been Stacey Bell from Focused Fun in the US you can find me at focusedfun.net um, it's my website and then on Facebook and Instagram it's Focused Fun Dogs and I'm Ness Jones I'm in Australia and I am from Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded if you like our podcast please like follow subscribe and give us a five star review you can find us on Apple Google Spotify and Stitcher and lots of other listening apps and we shall see you next week bye Bye.